Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. Well, good morning and welcome back to my careers podcast, where I interview fascinating professionals who've made really interesting career changes. Today, I'm very lucky to have on the show Jackie Pretty, who is the author of Book Blueprint, How Any Entrepreneur Can Write an Awesome Book, and the founder of Grammar Factory, a publishing company that helps entrepreneurs publish books that boost their business. Since the launch of Grammar Factory in 2013, Jackie and her team have worked with close to 100 authors across a range of industries, including business, finance, health and wellness, travel, marketing, property, hospitality, law, photography, personal development, and so much more. I'm running running out of breath. Okay. Now, while their industries vary, what their clients have in common is a desire to become recognized leaders in their fields. And a book is one of the fastest and most effective ways to do just that. And many of her clients have become Amazon bestsellers, been featured on national television, landed paid speaking engagements, and doubled their revenue. In short, she has witnessed firsthand the power of publishing to transform a business. And I've also had this experience with Jackie because she is my editor. And I believe that that has contributed to the success of my own book, Navigating Career Crossroads, which is an Amazon Australia number one bestseller. And I believe, honestly, it's thanks to Jackie. So let's find (laughs) out about Jackie's career journey to entrepreneurship. And Jackie, welcome to the show. No, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Jackie, since you're my editor, I've been looking forward to, to interviewing you. And <laughs> let's find out about how you transitioned into entrepreneurship and your career journey, because this podcast is all about career changes and biting the bullet and deciding to, mm-hmm. to make some brave moves, which is what you've done. So how about to kick us off? Let's find out a little bit about your early days. 
Well, I was one of those children who had an extremely long list of careers they'd like to embark on. So at one end, I wanted to be an astronaut and a scientist and a chef. And at the other end, I wanted to be a writer and an actress and all of these creative things. And it was in about mid-high school when I realized that I wanted to pursue writing. I had always been an avid reader. I was one of those children with the torch underneath the doona after she'd been told to go to bed so she could finish the last chapter. And yeah, it was a about mid-high school when I decided I was going to pursue writing and that was what led me to get a degree in professional writing and editing and then to pursue copywriting and communications and editing roles once I graduated. And so once you graduated, did you find it easy to get into a writing role? Yes, but it was a very unusual writing role. So when I graduated, I went to live in London for 18 months and a few months after I arrived, I found a role which was titled Night Reader slash Editor. And it was for a media monitoring company. And what we actually did was we worked night shift and we read all of the next day's newspapers the night before and created these custom media packages for business clients and government clients and PR agencies who didn't have the time to sift through all of the news themselves to find articles that were relevant to them. So it was a writing job and it was fairly easy to find, but it was a very unusual start in the industry. So with that change, though, you know, you say you were born and raised in Australia and educated Mm -hmm. here and then moving to London. Did you find that there was much of a, a change between the way Australians would write and the Brits would write? I think Australians are a lot more to the point where in the UK there's a lot more fluff and politeness around the message they want to get out, whereas I think Australians are a bit more direct. Works very well here, but I think over there it can be a little bit to our detriment. Did you find it much of a challenge adapting to the way it was in the UK? Well, I was quite lucky in my role. I think if I'd been in, I'm trying to think of an equivalent role, something where I'd been drafting letters in between executives or that type of writing role, I think I would have found it different. But because part of our role was really summarising the news, it worked really well for me. And I ended up training other people on the team to distill the key points of these articles that tended to be much longer than what our clients wanted to sift through. So being to the point and having that Australian mindset worked really well in that area. You know, actually, it's interesting because I'm just thinking back to when you were editing my book and I'd written like 70,000 words and you cut it back to 50,000 words. So (laughs) I obviously wrote so many. You actually (laughs) helped to distill my thought process as well Mm. because there was so much information that I wanted to get into my book and you helped me to gain a lot of clarity, which is great. And I'm sure that those early days for you as a night reader and editor and being in different environments must have really helped. So how long did you spend in London? I was there for about 18 months. So from the beginning of 2008 until mid-2009, which is a great time to be in the news because, of course, it was the GFC, so the world was falling apart around us. And it was, I don't want to say rewarding because it was a negative experience for a lot of people, but it was very fascinating to be in the middle of all of that and see it all happen as it happened. And did you stay on in London because you also had family over there? I knew no one over there, actually. I got my visa and my plane ticket and I had four days of accommodation in a hostel when I arrived. And so I had, I had nothing. I had to find somewhere to live very quickly and find a job. 
which was part of the adventure. I think one of the reasons I stayed so long was, one, because we were working night shift, we would work one week and then have a week off, which meant it was wonderful for travel because, of course, the UK is so close to the rest of Europe. So on my weeks off, I often went to the continent. And then the other thing was I was very lucky to make some great friends while I was there, so it felt like I had a new family over on the other side of the world. I think making that transition somewhere where you don't know anybody really is a great growing opportunity isn't it mm. and I think also as a writer having traveled a fair bit that helps you as a writer yourself as well and so when you returned to Australia how did your career path continue? Well that was when I actually struggled to find work because it was you know right after the GFC and people companies weren't hiring a lot of people at that point and writing is a very competitive area So what actually happened was I found an admin role through a family friend, which I ended up carving into a communications role. And the way that worked was I started just doing admin and they realized I was very, very quick at that work and didn't have a lot to do. So I started observing different parts of the business and seeing what I wanted to learn more about. And there was a communications area where it was only run by one woman, so quite a small team. And she was involved in communicating externally. And what we realized was that there was no internal communication. So I ended up taking that over and creating an internal newsletter for the team and a lot of education material for when people first started. So that was an interesting experience because the role ended up being very different from what I signed up for. It sounds like you created and expanded the role yourself, Mm -hmm. which is a really good career move. (laughs) And so after that, I've been looking at your LinkedIn profile, and I can see you've had quite an interesting career journey. You've also been a teacher in business English as well. Yes, I um, (laughs) I have a history of getting itchy feet when I'm in Australia for too long. So I went to London for 18 months, came back, and after being back for about 12 months, I really wanted to start traveling again. And I was at the age when I could because I didn't have a family and wasn't really tied down here. So I'd always loved France. I studied French at school and thought teaching English would be a logical way to live there while using my English skills. So what was interesting about that opportunity was that it was business English. So rather than going into schools and teaching children, I would have appointments in various businesses across Paris and would need to teach them the English that was required to liaise with their colleagues or their clients in the UK and the US. And so there you were in France teaching business English. Fantastic. What happened after that? Well, as far as my career path goes, I think One of the major things I learned in France was to be able to explain why I was teaching what I was teaching or why I was making certain recommendations and corrections. Because before that, everything had always come to me very intuitively because I was such an avid reader when I was younger. So being able to explain the reasoning behind what I was doing was very useful when I came back to Australia and then started looking for a real, in inverted commas, writing job. And the writing job I found was as a SEO, so search engine optimization copywriter at a financial trading company. What was interesting about that process and finding that job was the first, like with the exception of my quite unusual job in London, it felt like the first real writing job that I'd found on my own. And I learned a lot about the interview process and how to prepare for interviews as well as how to go above and beyond in presenting myself. So 
one of the things was I wore a full suit, which is quite unusual for someone my age. Back then I was 24. They asked for a writing sample, like a writing sample as part of the interview process. And I also brought in other pieces of writing that I'd done in the past, whereas I don't think most applicants would have gone to that level. I was doing a lot of research online to learn about the company and see what else they were doing in the online marketing space. So I was very prepared and you could tell at the interview that they were quite blown away by how prepared I was. They were dealing with a rather sophisticated trading instrument and they asked me if I knew what it was and I was able to rattle it off the top of my head and they sort of blinked and went, oh, she's done her homework. (laughs) That's actually the perfect, I love to hear this as a career coach, to be successful in interviews, you have to prepare well. And having done all that research, brought in great examples of your work as well and dressing the part, I'm not surprised that they were impressed with you. And so you got the job. And as an SEO copywriter, tell me a bit more about that, because it's SEO is such a buzzword. These days, <laughs> and everyone's thinking, oh, you know, do I need to pay someone, mm-hmm. spend lots and lots of money to have everything on my website written in such a way so that the SEO is optimized as possible? Mm-hmm. So explain to our listeners what it entails when you're writing for SEO. Sure. And I'll just give a little caveat that this was a few years ago now, but at a basic level, Search engine optimization can be grouped into two areas of activity. One is what we call on-page optimization, which is the changes you make to your website to make it Google-friendly. And the other side is off-page optimization, which is basically creating links across the internet that point back to your site, which help Google see whether or not you're an authority in your area. Now, for optimizing your website itself... The main thing people think about is including keywords. So in your case, if you want your website to appear in Google for Career Coach Sydney, then you would be including that phrase throughout your site. The recommended keyword density, if you want the jargon, is about 3%. So it means for every 100 words, you want to try and say that about three times. It can also be helped if you're including those words in key places, like in headings or when you link to the main page of your services, if rather than including the full address of the page, you just highlight the words Career Coach Sydney. Now, off-page optimization, our website, the company's website, was pretty optimized when I got there. So off-page optimization was my area, and that consisted of writing a lot of articles on financial trading and publishing them online, and all of them would have links that pointed back to our site, usually for different types of trading and the company name as well. So does that make sense? Mm, It does. And, well, definitely you have to think about the number of times a certain word that's relevant in your Mm -hmm. area of expertise comes up on your website. And for you, writing for financial services, how did you find that? Because it was a completely new industry for you. It was, and I was so worried when I got started. And I think because I was so worried and because I was so determined to prove myself. I think I burnt myself out a little bit because I remember my boss giving me all of this training material saying, I think it'll take you about two weeks to get through this. And I did it in something like three days. And and now I look at that going, well, yeah, I proved myself very quickly. But I remember there are a number of changes to the company that caused me to leave. One of them was that the SEO function largely got moved back to the UK head office. So there wasn't a lot for me to do. But even before that, I was writing so many articles in the space of six months. I I think I'd written about 150 articles and I got to the point where I had really worn myself out and I couldn't think of anything else to say because I was trying so hard to prove myself and so hard to deliver work quickly that I wasn't thinking about the long term. 
And was that when you moved over to work at Open Universities Australia? Yes, it was. So the Open Universities was actually the perfect next step up from the IG Markets role because IG was really about writing, but it was writing in the digital space. Whereas at Open Universities, I was still doing a lot of writing for the website, but I was also, it was quite a siloed company at the time. And the web team and everyone involved in the digital part of the business was not actually connected to the marketing team at all. So I sort of became the liaison between them, which meant one, I was ensuring that the marketing voice was represented in digital projects. But two, I was also teaching the marketing team about everything that was happening in digital and why things needed to be executed in a certain way. So there was much more stakeholder management in that role and much more autonomy rather than just write an article, submit it to your boss for approval, write the next one and submit it and so on. And more and more experience was gained. And I'm trying to think how you became an entrepreneur with the Grammar Factory. So what was it that prompted you? You're working in a number of different areas. You've proven Mm -hmm. that you are able to adapt to different cultures, different countries, different environments, different industries. And so what was it that prompted you to go into entrepreneurship and set up your own business, the Grammar Factory? Well, I was getting itchy feet again, actually. And I got into the point where I realized it probably wasn't healthy for me to leave the country every time I got a bit restless and that I was never going to build a career if I kept doing that. And I also had a lovely boyfriend at the time who's now my husband, and I didn't want to just throw that relationship away either. So I thought I need to find some way to manage this and to manage myself. And I ended up talking to a family friend who's an entrepreneur, and as soon as I explained what I was struggling with and how I felt like I kept needing to move and sort of consume and learn more and more and experience more. He said, why don't you start a business? And the thought had never occurred to me until that moment because when we're at school, no one talks about, or maybe they do now, but when I was at school, no one talked about starting a business. It was always, you know, go to uni, get a stable job, work for the next 40 years and then retire. And so as soon as he said, start a business, I part of me went, why didn't I think of this? And he said, yeah, with your skills and your intelligence and how quickly you work, you know, you'll definitely make it if you find something that's fulfilling for you. So I went, okay, well, what can I do? And I planned to get started in website copywriting because that was a lot of what I'd done previously. But I really struggled to find clients. Like I set up a website and joined Facebook and started posting promotions and things. But No one really signed up to my services. And then I went to a one-day event called Become a Key Person of Influence, which you've also done the Key Person of Influence program. Yes, it's an amazing program. Mm. And I'd just gotten my first client who was paying me, I think, $300 to write a web page for her. And at that stage, I'd already done a lot of more personal development and coaching type of entrepreneurship programs. And a lot of them focused on finding your passion and manifesting clients and things like that. And I do think mindset's important, but I think you need some concrete structure behind it. And I didn't have any concrete structure. So I thought I was manifesting and I thought I was following my passion and my business wasn't working. So then I went to this one day event, which outlined a five-step process we could follow. And I just thought that makes sense. It's a system. And if there's a system, I can follow it and I'll be successful. So I ended up signing up for the program. Now, at this stage, I was still working at open universities. I'd gone down to part-time, but that was still my main source of income. And I had the occasional copywriting client on the side. 
And as you know, part of the program involves writing and self-publishing a book. And so in my group, I stood up and did a little pitch for the room saying that, you know, I do have a writing and editing skill set and I could help them with their books. And what happened was that I got about halfway through the program and realized that I wasn't really enjoying the website copywriting business. It felt very much like my earlier job as an SEO copywriter when I was just constantly pushing out content. And that felt very draining for me, like I was a creative person or an artist being forced to act like a machine. Whereas the editing, I found I really enjoyed it because the content was already there and most of the people I was working with were already established in business, so they had that knowledge. It was just a matter of reorganizing it and sometimes whittling it down to the core message and presenting it in a better way. So about halfway through the program, I flipped and Grammar Factory became my business. And the rest, as they say, is history. I got a couple of clients, which then turned into more referrals. And at the end of that year, about six months later, I left my corporate job and said, let's give this 12 months and see if I can make an income from it. And I could. And here we are. And I'm so glad you did, because (laughs) as a result, I have my beautifully edited book, (laughs) Navigating Career Courses. I have to say thank you. You did such a good job as an editor on that. And so now, so tell me a bit more about Grammar Factory and how has it grown over the past year or so? Absolutely. So we started in 2013 and it was just me doing freelance editing on the side of my corporate job. Today we have a small team of employees and freelancers who offer editing services, cover design, internal layout, printing, ebook design, and we're looking at getting into the book marketing space as well. So we can actually offer the end-to-end service for our authors rather than just offering one part of the process. And the benefit of that is that rather than having to project manage everything yourself, you can be really taken care of. You can focus on your business while someone else takes care of your book and produces it to the highest quality they can rather than things potentially going wrong and you having to sort out issues and headaches and taking time away from your core business, which is where you should be focusing. Oh, that's such a wonderful service. And also, I know a lot of authors as well. I know whenever they are looking for an editor, I like to recommend you because you've done a good job on on my book. And I'm sure that there will be thousands more books coming your way <laughs> as well, which is great. And what's so good is so many of your clients have become Amazon bestsellers. And that makes such a difference to their business as well. Mm. It certainly really helps my business. With the Grammar Factory, I'm sure people would love to get in touch with you if they're thinking about writing a book. Do you have any special offers for our listeners? Absolutely. So if they go to our website, grammarfactory.com, they can sign up for the first two chapters of my book, Book Blueprint, How Any Entrepreneur Can Write an Awesome Book, which will help them find the right book idea. Or they can also sign up for our ultimate guide to writing an awesome book, which includes free webinars, interviews, booklets, and more. And we'll help them get started if they want to write a book, but they're not quite sure where to begin. Oh, that'll be so helpful because um, the webinars are great. At least they'll be able to ask you questions as well. Mm, Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, what I'll do is I'll have the links to your website, groundfactory.com, as well as your Twitter handle and Mm -hmm. a mention of your your special offers on the show notes on janejacksoncoach.com. Before we finish off, I'd love to find out from you, Jackie, what would you say are your top three tips for success for someone going into entrepreneurship and perhaps your line of business? 
Absolutely. The first one would be to start small and test your idea to see if it works. One of my mentors says when you're starting with business, your first job is just to find three paying clients. And until then, you don't actually need a website. You don't need to be doing social media marketing. You don't need to worry about SEO. You're just testing your idea to see if it works. And I think that's such a good piece of advice because I know so many people who spend a whole lot of time and money investing in an idea and it doesn't pay off because they haven't tested it with the market. So that's tip one. Tip two would be to grow sensibly. So once you've got those clients and you're ready to grow, look at increasing your rates and increasing your revenue before you start sending out more money by hiring people. One of the mistakes I made in my business was I hired people too early and that meant we had a very difficult second year because they cost more than I was making. So raise your rates first, see if you're still getting the same amount of demand. If the demand keeps climbing, even though your rates are higher, then that gives you more budget to expand and grow a team. And tip three, which is for my line of work, is that editing and writing are very competitive areas. Lots of people want to be writers and lots of people want to work with books. So if you're struggling to find work, focus on getting into a company rather than getting into a writing position, because once you've got your foot in the door, then you can start taking on extra responsibilities and shadowing people who are doing what you want to be doing. And that could get your foot into the right position. And I do know a lot of entrepreneurs who get very excited because entrepreneurs have a lot of energy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they do. A lot of ideas and a lot of bright, shiny objects and they get sucked into so many things. And then they become so passionate and enthusiastic. And passion's good. However, it needs to be directed in the right area. And if you've got a brilliant idea and no one's going to buy, what's the point? Thank you so much for those tips. I think that's going to help a lot of people thinking about going into entrepreneurship as well. And I hope that as your business grows and more and more books are published under the Grammar Factory, that you'll be able to come back on the show again and tell us all about how to scale a business. I think that would be really interesting, wouldn't it, Jackie? Absolutely. And that's what we're looking at doing at the moment. So they're very exciting times. And so is there Any little snippet of news that you're going to share with us before I let you go? (laughs) I think just watch this space. I wrote my book last year, which is all about helping people with the writing process, because I think a lot of the pain and heartache and expense of the editing process is because they don't have the right tools up front. Now we're looking into developing that into an online course, which we're hoping to launch later this year. So stay tuned. Oh, that'll be fantastic. That way you'll be able to reach so many more people. Who Absolutely. As well. Thank you so much. We're so lucky to have you here and focusing on the Grammar Factory. And I'll certainly watch and see how your business grows too. So thank you so much for your time today, Jackie. It's been such a pleasure. Yes, it's been a pleasure for me too. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And we'll be talking to you again soon. Bye, Jackie. Bye for now. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com.
If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. Whether you're in exploration mode or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.